0: Not that long ago, I used to look at my bank account and go, "Okay, where did it all go? Where did all my money go?" It'd be the end of the month, right? right. You, and, sure. you and I get those deposits once a month, yeah, and we do just fine, right? We're able to put food on the table and roof over our heads, and, right? Where did and it all
1: go? Where did it all
0: go? Whew.
1: stick around and you'll find out.
0: This is kind of a big, this is, this is in your wheelhouse, dude. This is the topics this week, this whole idea of graduation, halftime.
1: I know nothing about it. Nothing. But Gra- graduation. Wow. How do we squeeze 17, 18 weeks of more than that? 42 weeks of school in the last six weeks.
0: Well, this is stuff we wanted to talk about in the last episode. It's what we showed up in studio prepared to talk about, but you and I were both so overwhelmed because of all this graduation that we just kind of pushed pause and started talking about why we felt so overwhelmed in yeah. this whole grand reopening of America thing.
1: Which, just so you know, on my way up here today, it is reopened. Are I you- know It's not 6, June 15th yet here in California, and the show will be airing after June 15th, but let me just tell you, if you were to rob a house today, it'd be a good day to do it because nobody's home. Nobody is home today. The roads were packed from the moment I left my house in Lafayette, all 97 miles till I got here. Wow. So yeah, America is reopened and graduation is over.
0: So what's that all about? Graduation? No, all the traffic.
1: Oh, because we can go and do and be and spend and do-do, do-do, do-do. Okay.
0: All right. So that's last episode. We want to talk about graduation. Graduation. Are you feeling as overwhelmed as you were last time?
1: In a different way. Yeah. Moving offices, going out of the country for the first time in, I don't know, since 2016 is the last time I left the country. Wow. So leaving the country to go on a vacation takes a lot more work now. COVID tests and six-page forms and everything has to be uploaded and sanitized. And, you know, at, at, at test stations, you're signing off to agree to this and to agree. This is just to get there. So- not nearly as overwhelmed, but it's it's definitely I'm definitely feeling the repercussions of all of this activity. I'm still not back. I'm not back to that you know oscillating at six thousand r p m s on a consistent basis.
0: Let me be the first one to say I think we all deserve a little bit of grace with that that it's gonna take us some time to adjust, and it's not gonna happen, and just you and me sitting here recording a couple of podcast episodes, and all of a sudden, all the overwhelm disappears. So I think we're okay. We got to be okay with the fact that it's just, it's going to take a little time to adjust back to what it is. And and perhaps that's one of the most important things that we take away from what we've learned so far this year. Speaking on the theme of graduation, halftime, what it is we've both been thinking now that graduation's over, before we get caught up and wrapped up in, in some of the overwhelm of travel because you're going out of the country and I'm simply flying back east to see family and, and just paying for the airfare and getting all the travel arrangements. It's just, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm not used to doing that. It's been a while since I've done that. I thought this would all be like riding a bike, but it's, it is. It's a
1: more complicated bike. It's a much more complicated bike. Like the, the bike I had as a kid was one of those Schwinns with the banana seat. There you go. And there were no gears. No, you there just was pedaled. No, you just pedaled, and when you didn't want to pedal, you just slightly-
0: Pedaled backwards, reversed, and it stopped.
1: Reversed the pedal, and it stopped.
0: It's kind of like a Tesla.
1: This is, uh-huh, very similar. Yeah. The, this feels much more complex. Yeah. And, you know, graduation is, is a beautiful thing.
0: So how was the experience for you with graduation? Now that it's in the rearview mirror, we can take a minute and pause and- how does it feel? How was it for Grace graduating high school and finally arriving at that point in her life?
1: It felt overdue. Hmm. She would tell you it took a long time to get there. And particularly in a senior year of COVID, right? There was a lot of space. There was a lot of nothingness. And then we've, you know, we've talked ad nauseum about how much they squeezed into the last part of the year. Sure. So to, you know, to those administrators and those educators that made lemonade out of lemons in terms of a senior year. It felt like a senior year. It felt like the last little part with the prom and the senior thing. And it was beautiful. It was a beautiful ceremony. And she was ecstatic. I mean, that was a level of joy. And when you look back at the pictures and some of the video of how expressive she is, she's not a super expressive kid to begin with. So... Yeah, there was a definite sense of joy for her. She's very clear on her next step, right? The next kind of step in the path, which she's very fired up about. And she was kind of ready. She was kind of ready to say, okay, and that's a wrap. Yeah. So she's been climbing
0: up this mountain for a really, really long time, and she finally got to that summit and got a chance to look around, got a chance to enjoy it, and now she's very clear on what the next summit is.
1: Yeah, there's a, there was a little sadness she said on, okay, wow, that's over. I don't get to do any of that anymore. And it was such a big part of her, and, and particularly the sports aspect. And she's, I think like a lot of kids, they're able to pivot very quickly because it's all new and it's all fresh and it's all very exciting. So she's gotten herself a job. She needs to make some money and has plenty of time on her hands this summer without some of the, the structured sports stuff that we've done in the past. Yeah. So, I mean, for Beth and I, it's kind of, we're in our own halftime with four kids going through the factory Two are done and out, uh, you know, on their way to the next level and two are coming up, you know, bringing up the rear so that that halftime concept, we'll talk a lot about it is exactly where we are right now.
0: Well, and that, there's a couple things I want to comment on, and first, I want to say how grateful I am for the example that you and Beth have shared with me the last 16 years I've known you both, because I've, I've gotten to watch you both through the bulk of your parenting years, and for Grace to have reached the summit of this mountain, so to speak, and not feel like she's arrived, like there, there's another mountain. I, I, gotta, I, I know what's next. That's not something that just happened to her. That's something that has been reinforced based on the way you've raised your children, the intentional things you've taught them about. There are no arrivals. It's not like we. This whole concept of graduation. It just to me, I I feel like it does a disservice to our children.
1: Yeah, I'd like to re. I'd like to relabel it elevation.
0: Yeah, I like what they do with the eighth graders. It's a
1: promotion. The promotion ceremony. We had had one of those too.
0: (laughs) Of course you did. It drives me absolutely crazy when I hear about eighth grade graduation. I think that word, it just, it does something. Mm -hmm. It gives us this false sense of arrival, like we've reached this destination and we're done. We're as good as we're ever going to get. And I just, I'm, I love the example of, of what the two of you have done with your children. Thank you. To realize that. The second part of what I wanted to share with you is what you just said about being at halftime. I like to look at this graduation as more of a halftime, this time of where Grace is, where my son Lucas is. What do I mean by that? You just said something about being at halftime with your children. What would actually happen for you and Beth if we get to that point down the road where now all four children are out of the house— and you've quote-unquote arrived and done your job, where does that leave the two of you?
1: Probably in a three-bedroom, two-bath, on a golf course somewhere with a golf cart in the garage. There you
0: go. <laughs> there you go. But it's, but it's not something—it's not an arrival that you two look at. It's it's this journey, and with each child getting to that critical point, that critical top of the mountain and moving on to whatever's next, it, you and Beth aren't treating it as an arrival. Right. You're just looking at it as part of the journey, and with each— part of the journey that seems to come to a temporary end, you've been using that time to reflect back on what you've learned over that period, the success that you've had, the challenges that you've had, and and the pivots that you want to make going forward. And by all means, I don't expect you to have an answer at this point with, how old's Grant now? 13?
1: Coming up, 12.
0: Yeah, he's almost 13. I wouldn't expect you to know exactly what life is going to look like when Grant departs the house one day. But I have all the confidence in the world that you will be prepared to make that decision, to figure out what that is for the two of you. You're not looking at his graduation one day as some sort of arrival and graduation and we're no longer parents anymore and holy crap, now what?
1: Thank you for that nice compliment. That whole concept of measuring progress in arrears is really important. I can't stress that enough. Whether it be parenting, whether it be your bank account, whether it be your business, whether it be your job, whether it be your relationships with the people that are most important to you, taking some time, and this is a lovely time of year to do it. Yeah, halfway through the year. Half time. Right. Here comes you know June 21st and the longest day of the year in terms of daylight. Why don't we use this as a chance to hit the pause button, as we like to say, and look back on the last almost six months, what's gone well? what hasn't gone well in different areas. Yeah. And Beth and I try we we try to do that. We don't always do that as well as we might like. Matter of fact, we just talked this morning on the last couple months being such a blur that a lot of the budgeting and money conversations that we've been so diligent in having in kind of preparing for okay what's coming in the next month financially that is a curveball. We had a lovely curveball today i know how much you enjoy auto 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 maintenance we dropped the jeep off for just a basic service a little oil change a little nothing you know a little tire rotation and top off the fluids and you know we're going to have a nice day
0: and total appendicitis or something what what's going on
1: yeah fourteen hundred (sighs) and fifty two dollars later oh yeah the brakes need to be replaced the transmission needs to be flushed the seven spitzer valves all worn out and rusted what about the ball bearings those all have to come out and be redone? Wow. So yeah, that little $102 oil change turned into $1452. Oh
0: god bless.
1: And I mean, those things happen. That's why we have emergency savings. Yeah. But measuring progress, whatever it is, whatever it is 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 the best way I know how to to right the ship.
0: Well, look look how look how un this is going to be fun. Look how unintentionally we've intentionally created some space this time of year for both of us to be able to do this because you i mean you, you just said you and Beth are going out of the country for the first time since i think you and i were out of the country that's correct in 2016 together correct you're going to be sitting on a beach. This isn't a trip. This isn't a visit. This no. is a vacation.
1: Yeah. So for, for perhaps new listeners, just let's just- re- a review from our yeah, rest let- and rehydration? Absolutely. Let's refresh on those three words.
0: Yeah. There are three types of excursions we could take that in a traditional setting might all appear to be vacation. But when you and I talk about vacation, we talk about rest. We talk about recovery. We talk about, in a visual sense- A lounge chair, a drink, and an umbrella, and someone mixing it and bringing it to you.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: A visit is when we go see people, and we go spend time with people. Almost
1: in a compulsory kind of way. And visits
0: are wonderful. I'm doing a visit here at the end of the month to go see family on the East Coast. We're desperately trying to schedule some visits. And it will be a wonderful visit. And within that visit, I will have a two- to three-day vacation. Okay. Because part of that visit will be my butt on a lounge chair on the beach in Rhode Island at my sister-in-law's house, at Donna's house. Okay. So that will become part of a vacation. But then there's also trips. And trips can also be wonderful. Trips could be one day taking your family to Washington, D.C. to see all the sights. Right. Which I heard a rumor that you're going to be traveling through Washington, D.C. to get to your vacation. Yes. So perhaps you could put a little trip in that vacation. Nah. Okay. But a a trip would be going to see things, sightseeing, doing things, hiking, art galleries, museums.
1: Now, we have a rule in our family. With uh, regards to trips? With with regard to trips. Okay. There has to be a couple days of vacation at the end.
0: Ah, just to decompress. You can trip
1: yourself all over the place. Sure. But then you got to have at least two. It's a minimum of two. It can be as long as you'd like. Obviously, there's constraints there, but- my preference is if we're doing a trip, we got to have two to three days at the end that is just <sighs> vacation.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. Well,
1: sl- slight sidebar.
0: For, but that's important to mention, and, and I don't know that that's necessarily enough to fully recover no. from the physical and the emotional and the mental drain of a trip, but I don't know about you. I get home from visits, I get home from trips, and I need a vacation. Of course. Not because I didn't enjoy myself or the people I was with. I'm just, I'm exhausted. Yes. So yes. To be clear, you and I have created some much needed vacation time over these next couple of weeks, where you and Beth, I'm I'm willing to bet standard bet here, brother, that at some point on that vacation, you two are going to do, even in an informal way, sitting on lounge chairs, just looking at the year. How's the year been so far? What have we enjoyed? What have we done well? Hey, what do we want to do different for the rest of the year? I, I could imagine when you're in that beautiful place on that beautiful beach with that 83-degree water, those conversations are going to come out.
1: And no excursions are are asking us for this, that or the other thing?
0: Sure. You better not.
1: Yeah, that that's gonna happen. I mean, we just it's just what we do.
0: Well, the this concept of treating this graduation season or any major accomplishment as a halftime. I mean, I, I was thinking about, you know, our good friend Bo Eason. We've had him on the show. We spend lots of time with him and I'll never forget the first time and, and we've heard him tell this story a bunch, but the first time he told the story about his brother Tony Uh, Tony Eason was the starting quarterback for the Patriots back in the 80s. Bo was with his brother when they had the big Super Bowl run in 1985, and I, I love how Bo tells this story about that AFC championship game in Miami, New England, in Miami, absolutely blows them out of the water. They're sitting in the locker room after the game. The entire team is celebrating. The, the champagne is getting sprayed everywhere. Because they're, they're going— Oh, they're going to the Super Bowl. And, right. they're, and they're behaving like they won the Super Bowl. And Bo and Tony sit down, and Tony looks at Bo and says to him, we're going to get killed next week. Look at these guys. They all feel like we've already arrived. We've won it all already. And sure enough, what happened—
1: I think if I remember correctly, the Chicago Bears destroyed them in the eighty five Super Bowl
0: in an epic fashion, yeah, and that that was kind of the first when 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 Bo first told us that story, that was kind of the first time that I got this aha about arrivals and the fact that it's okay to celebrate a victory, but celebrate it and then move right along, right? It's, it's like Michael Jordan when he won that first NBA title, the cover Sports Illustrated magazine. He's got the the trophy in his left hand, mm-hmm. and what was his right hand doing?
1: Yep. Victory. Well, the victory sign. The victory sign.
0: To those sign, that didn't know
1: what he was doing.
0: Everybody thought that the, the victory sign was that V with his two fingers, but that's not what he was doing. He was holding up the number two because the next year that was proven true— When he won another championship, and he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated holding up what many people thought was a W with three fingers, and it was the next championship. It was always about celebrating victory by planning the next victory.
1: We talk all the time about intentionality. Yeah. And initially, we used to talk about being intentional with your money. It's really evolving into being more intentional with your life. Yes. And whether it be a timeout— or halftime. Halftime gives you more time to adjust. But there are times when you gotta call a timeout.
0: Well, especially if like Justin Timberlake's performing or Janet Jackson, you get a lot of time with a halftime like that. True. Yeah. True. I like that better than a timeout when it's just, you know, cheerleaders for thirty seconds.
1: Right. That's what this is all about. Yeah. Use this point in the year to reflect back on what's working well. And in our vernacular, it's gonna be what's working well in your money world what's working well with your people, and what's working well with yourself.
0: Well, when we look at those three relationships, I mean, can you think of another relationship that you have with some thing that is more complicated than the relationship with those three things? No. I mean, the relationship— Otherwise, I'd be on that show. (laughs) Exactly. We would. Or we'd at least be guests on that show. When I think of the relationship that I have with money, it's a complicated relationship. It's no less complicated today than it was when I first met you in 2005. It's changed, but it's no less complicated. There were times in my life where I abused it, mistreated it. It didn't treat me well as a result. And now that's shifted into a relationship where I'm a little bit more afraid of it where I hold on to it a little bit tighter than maybe I should at times. Right? I've I've kind of the pendulum has swung. Yes, it's a healthier relationship with money, but it's still causing challenges in my life. And and thank God we have this platform and this podcast and this community of of financial sobriety followers that we can sit here and have this conversation with cuz I know the more I talk about it, the more that relationship gets stronger and stronger every time. To see how the complexity in that relationship has affected the relationship that I have with people. There is nothing harder than that relationship with other people. It, it's, just, it's challenging. It's complicated. There's misunderstanding, there's, especially with all the different ways we communicate today. It's not just a matter of let's pick up the phone and talk about this. There's texting, and there's all this interpretation of emotion through the written word that to me is just hilarious to even think— that I could read somebody's text message and assume an emotion coming off of my smartphone. But that's how communication sure. has, has gotten. It's complicated relationship with people. And my God, I, I still—as as much as I've been able to feel some unconditional love for myself and have changed the way I treat myself, I still struggle with that relationship all the time. And it's amazing how these three relationships are all interconnected to one another— And guess what? What?
1: They're not going away.
0: No. Neither is that interconnection.
1: Your relationship with money is never going away.
0: No. No.
1: And unless you're going to live on one of the Galapagos Islands that have no people on them, you're going to have a relationship with people. Right.
0: And perhaps if you live on that island in the Galapagos and there's no mirrors, you really don't have to have much of a relationship with yourself either.
1: Well, you're probably going to talk to yourself at some point. Ah. Because there's nobody else to talk to. Hopefully you'll have a volleyball. And— so I mean in that in that context what I mean what would what would you say I mean, let me let's do it let's look at halftime in those three categories and as you think about your money world and I and I we always mm-hmm. start with what's working mm-hmm. right Absolutely what's what's been working and then what hasn't Yeah
0: absolutely For me what's worked incredibly well so far in 2021 is how intentional we've been with how we've used the money. I mean, I don't know about you, but years and years and years ago, well, I shouldn't say that. That's a little bit of an exaggeration. Not that long ago, I used to look at my bank account and go, okay, where did it all go? Where'd all my money go? It'd be the end of the month, right? right. You, you sure. and I get those deposits once a month. Yeah. And we do just fine, right? We're able to put food on the table and roof over our heads. And, right, where did it all go? where did it all go? Whew. That doesn't happen as much anymore. And, and one of the things I think we've done really, a really, really good job of this year is being very intentional, especially as it comes to big purchases. We've budgeted them, we've planned them, we've researched them. I got to build a deck on the back of my house, which was a substantial investment in my house. I had to purchase a new car for Amy this year. We had leased her a car, spent months researching and budgeting and planning for the time that we would actually do that. So when I think of some of the bigger purchases that we've made this year, we've done it with so much more intentionality than we've done in the past. There wasn't an impulse component to any of those purchases.
1: How does that feel?
0: Oh, it feels great. I mean, every time I walk on the deck or get in that car and go for a ride, I just, I feel a level of confidence. Like you've always taught me, protect your confidence. One of the most important things I've learned how to do to protect my confidence is to be much more intentional about how I use my money. Therefore, at the end of the month, what I've noticed is I can point to where my money's gone. And what I've also found is at the end of the month, there's money left over. Oh. And, and what's been really cool about the fact that there's money left over at the end of the month is that whole concept of pay ourselves first. That's right. something I've done an incredibly good job of. I started that about a year ago. We fell off the wagon a little bit last year, but I got back on it this January because I said no more. That was one of my say no more things this January was no more paying other people first. I'm paying me first.
1: No more. And you have that set up on an automated basis? Automatic. It's, it's the best.
0: Those three deposits, 10% right off the top of those deposits. half. And goes, it goes
1: into Bitcoin? Ha-
0: <laughs> I was thinking about that. Dogecoin is what what I was thinking about. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Full full compliance disclosure. This is not a solicitation for any uh, individual securities, and I absolutely did not put any of that money in that stuff. Now, with that said, half of the deposit goes into a savings account that we have at our primary bank that we can actually see, and that's what I label our emergency savings money. Then we have a savings account-
1: That goes to Al Gore?
0: He might own this bank. No, no. It you mean in, it oh, goes into, into his lockbox.
1: Lockbox. The
0: lockbox.
1: Lockbox. Lock
0: box. Yes. Thankfully, I found another institution not owned by Al Gore that can give me the Al Gore concept of the lockbox. And that is in an account that we don't see every day. And that is for those big expenses that we have no idea we're going to need money for one day. Like,
1: like automobile.
0: Like another automobile or a new bathroom one day or perhaps a lovely... Vacation.
1: Mm, there we go. Yes. Yeah. So I mean that automated process is brilliant. It absolutely. We we don't do even that, feel it. We do that with two different savings accounts. One is the old Christmas fund. Ooh. And the other one is just the primary savings. Where actually no, there's a third one where it goes. A distribution comes out of the main checking for 529 contributions. Yeah. Now. I will let me be very very transparent. I will feel as though I have arrived <laughs> when that's over.
0: <laughs> when putting money in
1: the 529
0: plans is over. When the 529
1: over. plans is done, yeah, I, I will have arrived.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm going to let you in on something here. By the time you're done doing that, you might very well have one of these things called a grandchild
1: mm no,
0: yeah, you're never done with that stuff, dude.
1: Yeah, I am for grandchilds, uh-huh. We'll deal with that later yeah, we're gonna
0: talk about that later. Yeah. I, I think you're gonna change a little bit of your mind on that one yeah we we'll well, we'll redo the clarity compass when grandchild number one shows up, sure, and, and we'll see. excellent, yeah, that I, I but feel that
1: automated automated process is absolutely the way to happen, yeah, make make it happen because it's
0: automated, yeah. I don't feel it. It's, it's almost like the, the days when I used to work for big companies and I had one of those gizmos called a 401K. Right. And it just – it came right off the top of my check. I never saw it. And that, and that was one of the things that, again, I used to beat myself up over when I first met you about the fact that I didn't pay myself first and I paid everybody else first. And you reminded me back then that, hey, dude, look – you're contributing to this 401k every month. You are paying yourself first. Yes. So would you please stop kicking your own ass for a minute and take that right hand, reach over to your left shoulder, and give yourself a little pat on the back? Absolutely. And I'll tell you, if you're listening to us today and you're really kicking your own butt about the fact that you don't pay yourself first and you do save in a company-sponsored retirement plan, please. Good on you. Good on you. Congratulate yourself for a minute. You've You've got the behavior already in place, perhaps it's time to expand it a little bit, because if it's working well, let's do more of it. I mean, those are the things that I'm going to continue to do a lot more of. Now, what didn't I do as well this year? I hope Glenn's not listening, because one of the things that I completely fell off the wagon with goes back to one of my favorite episodes we ever recorded, which is the Treat Your Personal Balance Sheet Like a Business. Mm -hmm. I think you and I together at, at Gebhardt Group have done a good job of reviewing monthly, monthly our, our profit and loss statement, our balance sheet. I have done an awful job of that at home this year. I've completely fallen off the wagon this year, uh, and it's something I am recommitted to starting with my end of June bank balances. I'm going to sit down with my spreadsheet and I'm going to. And it's going to take a lot of work because I haven't done it for six months. Yep. And I'm going to compile all my expenses, all of my goes ins and goes outs since the beginning of the year, I'm going to go back and look at my mortgage balance, the one car loan that we have now, those balances. And and I'm going to look at the money that I have, the money that I owe, right? That's the balance sheet part. Let's see where I am. I don't know what my net worth is right now. So I, I want to look at that again. I need to get back in this habit of doing the monthly profit and loss statement, the goes-ins-and-goes-out statement. I mean, when we first talked about that in episode five, oh, it felt so good to talk about it because I was doing it. Sure. And it feels a little crappy to talk about it now because I haven't been doing it, but that's what halftime's for.
1: That's what halftime's for. You make adjustments. We make adjustments. And we celebrate the fact that
0: we know how to make those adjustments.
1: Well, because we've got systems in place now. Yes. right, And
0: and accountability.
1: And accountability. And so much of this is is setting up those systems. So if you looked at our family spreadsheet, you could see all the different line items that exist they don't apply every month but we did a probably the best job we've ever done until about April 1st. Oh. Okay. And then whoosh, fell off the wagon April and May.
0: Did something like specific happen or just Yeah,
1: it's called the end of COVID.
0: Oh, we're back to grand we're back reopening to, we can't we're going to reopen America <laughs> and graduate and
1: all that all over again. Yeah. And that works really well and we've been doing this with a number of clients now where we get all of their foundational expenses out on a spreadsheet and that way they know okay i need this much a month going to all my fixed expenses my have to's my have to's right now we're going to focus on the want to's and how do those you know those those change and morph and and i think of a client where i was helping helping her specifically with a very tight budget that she's kind of dealing with. And she really needs some new eyeglasses. And those eyeglasses were gonna be pushing $500 by the time you do the lenses and the frames and the, you know, all oy, that. Oy all. Well, that didn't exist, right? We were gonna to have to use a credit card to, to, to do, she was gonna to have to use a credit card to do that. And she knew she had a bonus coming up and she was selling a couple of things around the house on Facebook Marketplace. And she felt so good two months later when she had cash in the bank to go pay those pay for those glasses. And this comes back to a point I wanted to make earlier when you were talking about intentionality. And that is the other way I like to refer to it as being in a position of strength. Oh, yeah. There is nothing more enjoyable for me when you're making a financial transaction than being in a position of strength. And I, I realize there are times that have done that. And come on. I can't hold the mirror up and look at myself and say, we haven't done that ourselves. But having been on both sides of the coin, it feels really, really good to be in that position of strength that, again, going back to my little $1,452 surprise today, Hmm. no problem. Right. Now, other times in my life, that would have been a problem. That would have had to go on the credit card. And, oh, God.
0: And it would have just hung over your head. Ah, oh,
1: just eats eats me alive like a three hundred and sixty-eight percent interest on oh, a daily basis. Goodness, yeah. So good on you for making those adjustments. You as well, my friend. And that's what that's what there's a budgeting software that we like to use. And as ironically, I thought it was kind of refreshing that it wasn't on an auto subscribe, which those drive me crazy. So I don't even do them anymore. Like if you want me to sign up and it's going to automatically after seven, twelve, fourteen, eighty-two days, whatever, I'm going to go into some automatic. No, no, no. Whew. I'm not doing that. You, you don't get you don't get my business. This particular company doesn't do that. After thirty-four days, your canc- your subscription is canceled and they notify you.
0: Oh, interesting. Is how that how refreshing is that that you need a budget program? You've yes, been sir. telling me about. Yeah.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah. And they happen to reach out to Beth today and go, hey, we noticed your subscription's been canceled for a while, which was meh, around early April. Gotcha. So we are refreshing and renewing and going to be re-upping for July. So we can start to get back up on the horse and look at, okay, here's how it went. Here's what's coming up. And we've talked ad nauseum about airfare, and we've got some some trips coming up to see family and... Wowsy, wowsy, wowsy! Do those cost money?
0: Yeah, and you're going to be very intentional about how you plan those out. So, I mean, there are so many different tools that you and I have explored. You and I have played with that. I, I don't think our friends here in financial sobriety need to worry about looking at you know what what are all these different options of of how I can do this. I mean, there there's you need a budget, Mint.com. Our most major banks will provide. A budgeting kind of tool. I personally like a an Excel spreadsheet. It, it's just something that's easier for me to use. It's it's on my desktop. I save it in the cloud. I could pull it up on my phone. Whatever works best for you. The idea of being able to stay on top of the goes ins and goes outs. I know that was a that was a big get back up on the horse for me, and it sounds like it was for you too.
1: And and this doesn't have to be a two day offsite retreat where you you know go away and lock yourself in a room somewhere. This can be enjoying your morning coffee, looking at the blue sky, thinking, what did I do well in my money life the last six months? Yep. what would I like to do differently?
0: And I would suggest that as you're doing this, where is it? It's in my bag. I can't pull it out. But you know, I like to flash my little brown journal. Right. Write it down. What have I done well? What can I celebrate at this halftime? What can I feel good about? I mean, and, and this is part of nurturing that relationship with self a little bit. This is where... This is where these three relationships are very interconnected with one another, because as we review in the past what we've done well, we're nurturing ourselves. We're, we're giving ourselves ad-boys. We're not kicking our ass every single time we think about the past. We're actually celebrating something for a little bit, and that's okay.
1: That's very okay. Yeah. Because I think most people I know spend enough time in the torture chamber of flogging thyself.
0: Absolutely. All right, let let's shift from money, let let's talk about our people. How's the year been for you as far as, you know, if, if you're sitting here today, and, and I know you and Beth will do more of this on your little beach vacation, but sitting here today, let let's do a little bit of that pre inventory as, as you think about the people that you've allocated one of your most important wealth resources to, your time. Are there people that you can identify that you've spent time with that truly bring you an incredible amount of joy?
1: I am pleased to report that the first half of the year was an A. You give yourself an A. Give ourselves an A. Part of it being, you know, up until, call it May, we were isolated. Less so, certainly. And I was doing more socially but it was with a very small group of people.
0: I was going to say you 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 broke the rules a little bit. I mean you yeah.
1: you We were in a bubble, right? Yeah. We had we had three or four families that we would generally hang with. But you were very intentional about very if you're going if you're
0: going to break the quote-unquote protocols and rules, we're going to do it with these people.
1: And we did it every month. Mm. And the beautiful thing about it was we didn't we didn't set a date but Our dear friend, Molly, was the ringleader, and she did a spectacular job of reaching out going, hey, can we get together this weekend? And we did. We were very intentional with the people that we were able to spend time with. Yeah. And it was wonderful. I'm very pleased with how we've done in that sense. I want to be very aware of summer, and this is a unique summer for us where we're not all over the place playing sports. Yeah. Yeah. So there, hopefully, is a lot of time built in for rest, relaxation, and recovery.
0: Absolutely. How about you? This is probably of the three complicated relationships I have in my life. The one I feel like I've done the best with this year is is in my relationship with people and being very intentional with the time and the people that I have spent time with. The people that I have spent time with when I look back on the year so far are— 99.684%—I love statistics—people You
1: know, 82% of statistics are made up.
0: Absolutely, and I am absolutely making this statistic up right now. So I'm on the majority side of that statistic. Nearly everybody I spent time with so far this year is someone I spent time with intentionally. It's someone I've wanted to spend time with. It's someone who brings me great amounts of joy, great amounts of energy. We get to have conversations that aren't these— Oh, these like surface level, superficial news, weather, sports. Hey, that's my line. I know, and I'm stealing all your material today. It's it's meaningful human conversation, and and sometimes it's that's
1: overrated.
0: Eh, I'm gonna push back on that a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell you, Bob, that uh, deep meaningful relationships start with deep meaningful conversation, and the best part about it is is that for the most part, I didn't have to do all the talking. I just got to be there with somebody and enjoy their company, enjoy their stories, enjoy what's going on in their life. And if I couldn't relate to what's going on in their life, at least be able to breathe in their gas and express some empathy so that they felt this level of trust being with me in the room. And it just it, it was wonderful. I've, I've spent time with my family. I've spent time with our closest friends. And when we look at the graduation season that is now, thankfully, in the rearview mirror, we went to one graduation party.
1: Invited to?
0: Four. Four. What helped me make this decision about graduation parties and the people that we've spent time with, at least here recently during this season when, you know, we saw everybody we've ever known in the town of Rockland out of graduation that day, and it seems like we've been running into them all over town with people running around getting ready for graduation— I went back to that old exercise we talked about way, way back—gosh, I want to say episode seven, eight, somewhere, somewhere in there. I mean, way over a year ago when we started the podcast and we were talking about relationship with people and, and how important it is to visually go through a written exercise we call concentric circles. And in the very center—I mean, think of a dartboard, right? Just, just to review a little bit. You think of this dartboard, and the center of the bullseye is me. Nobody knows me as well as I know me. I know every truth about me that perhaps not everybody always knows. But when I get one layer out from the center of that bullseye, that's my inner circle, or what you've called the 2 a.m. club. Right. Right? Who, who are the people in my life?
1: In, not who you're partying with at 2 a.m.
0: Well, potentially, because it's who's sitting in the jail cell with you at 2 a.m., or if they're not in the jail cell with you, who could you call at 2 a.m. if you needed $10,000? Without any explanation, without any justification, who's on that list? And that is your inner circle. For me, that's a small number of people. Right now, it's six people. Those are the people that I know if at 2 a.m. I needed to pick up the phone and make a call, they'd be there for me without asking a
1: question. I'm not trying to brag. Yeah. But I had this conversation with Jack about two weeks ago. Oh. Our 14-year-old son, Jack. Okay. And I was refreshing him on the concept. And you know he's at that wonderful stage of questioning, of challenging, of I'm trying to think of all the, all those lovely adjectives that puberty and awkwardness. Yeah, that. Or he's kind of on the other side of that. PETA, a uh, right? Uh, yeah. And he's like, "Well, Dad, I mean, how many people do you have on your 2 a.m. list?" I said, "Easily 20." Wow. And he said, "Go," and I sat there and I rattled off 22. Wow. Now. I'm not bragging. The point is, it feels good to know that you've got close relationships like that. And and I know I'm on their list, yeah. right? Yeah. That's how you know you've got a tight relationship with somebody. That's well, my own little filter of going, would I give them $10,000, no questions asked, 2 a.m.? Yes. No.
0: Yeah. So one of the things I'm going to do— I mean, you just said you've got 22 people on that list. It blew my mind. That blew my I, I mind. Kinda, I was
1: a little like, oh,
0: hey, how about it? Well, I think I'm going to sit down and do the exercise again because maybe I have more than six when I think about it. I don't know. Maybe I do. I mean, that's something with at least the people that I consider inside circle. And then there's that next band, which are very, very important people in my life. That's the trusted friends and family. Yes. Most of my family will fall on that list Simply because they're not right here, and I guess I could call my mom and dad at 2 o'clock in the morning if I needed some help.
1: Oh, they most certainly are on that list.
0: Yeah, but there there are also some things about my life, my marriage, my my deepest, darkest stuff that I'm not necessarily going to feel comfortable sharing with them.
1: Sure, they're not, a, uh, well, unless it's a conditional $10,000. Correct, of course. Like, we're going to give you the 10000 but first, there's three questions. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Exactly.
1: No. This is just, I'm writing you a check. Here you go. Go. No questions asked. Or I'm wiring it to Western Union in Bogota.
0: Absolutely. And I want to be impossible to misunderstand here.
1: South Carolina. Bogota, South Carolina.
0: Perfect. The people who are on that trusted friends and family list are not unimportant people relative to the inner circle. The relationship's just a little different. Those are still people I want to be very intentional with in the time that I spend with them, it's when we get to that next band that I'm being much more selective about the time that I've spent this year with those people and, and that I will continue to. And, and those are the situational friends. Those are the friends where the situation of school, the situation of Little League, the situation of work, the, all these different situations that come up in life create these relationships. Again, very important relationships, but as I think back to all of the multitude of situations I've been in my whole life, how many of those friendships have survived those situations? You and I started as a situational relationship. Most relationships do.
1: Oh, it's a situation, all right.
0: Absolutely. You are the situation. (laughs) I thought it takes two to make a situation. No, no. You started this situation. This is all your fault. But when Shelby introduced us because of work— it, it was a situation, and what's happened is is our friendship has transcended that situation and gone beyond it. I have other people I've met through my work life, through my baseball life, through my coaching life, through kids' school, that have transcended those situations and, and gotten closer into the trusted friends and family, and some even, like yourself, into the inner circle. And I've done a brilliant job. I'm I'm feeling very, very good about myself, about the people that I'm spending time with that are in those three bands. Everybody else? Is
1: everybody else. Is everybody else. I love a twist on the situational friendship that, that just kind of hit me relative to this graduation theme. For the longest time, I have felt sadness around situational friendships. Hmm. Because the situation is over, and now, generally speaking, that relationship is over. I will tell you probably the thing I enjoyed the most about graduation was bumping into all the situational friends hmm. and having wonderful one-on-one moments with those different parents, moms and dads mostly. Sometimes it was the sibling that was there for the ceremony that either I coached or I knew or I, you know, I, and, and I went into it with kind of that concept, like, I don't want to be sad about this. I want to feel a sense of joy. And, oh, There's my good friend Buddy, not the elf, my good friend Buddy. And we coached for four years together. I never see him. Yeah, And it was – we embraced like, you know, we were war veterans that hadn't seen one another since, you know, we took the beach. It was awesome. Yeah. So I want to – I share that because I don't necessarily want people to think there has to be sadness around the – because I'll tell you, if I bump into any of those people at the coffee shop or the laundromat or the grocery store – sorry – uh, you don't use grocery food, store food store food store yeah uh, i will lovingly take the time to engage and ask how their children are doing and i'm sure they'll do the same with me
0: well that's the beauty of identifying that as a situational friend is despite having some sadness around that there's also a piece of acceptance because once we become aware of this idea that we have situational friendships then we can start building some acceptance into the fact that we just don't see them all the time, and it's okay. But when we do see them, it's wonderful, and we can enjoy it and celebrate it. We don't have to run away from it. We don't have to avoid it. And we also don't have to go through the fake... The kind bakery. of niceties of, hey, oh. we should do this
1: again. Oh, let's, yeah. Let's get together. Hey, nice to see you too. Yeah, let's do lunch. Right. When, when, when?
0: Yeah, the next time I run into you haphazardly at Pete's, that's, that's the next time I'm going to see you. Okay. And we can be okay with that. So this, this, is, this is a place I think you and I have, have both done a tremendous job. All right, let,
1: let's go to the hard part. Dun, dun, dun. Relationship with self. How'd you do? So we have started, which we're a little past halftime in that program, but that inner game concept, it's been challenging. The one area that I've done the absolute best in is with nutrition. I didn't say exercise.
0: No, we're talking about what you've done well.
1: Nutrition. My nutrition has been some of the best I can remember. And that and my sleep. mm so for our longtime listeners, you will know that, or you know me personally, sleep in my family. And I don't mean Beth and the kids. I mean in my family.
0: Your genetic DNA my genetic,
1: family. My, my genetic family back on the East Coast. Sleep is
0: an issue. Yeah. That, well, that wasn't the alarm code in your house with your parents. It, sh- it
1: should have been because it might have been more important than work.
0: Right. But work was what was happening. So that was the alarm code.
1: Yeah. The, the obsession my family has with the quality of sleep- it's the first thing you say in the morning. Hey, Ace, how'd you sleep last night? Right. It drives me crazy. Anyway. But your sleep is better. Your oh nutrition my, is better. I have I have developed some lovely pre sleep routines. There have some been some adjustments to the actual sleep experience. And this is gonna be shocking. Absolutely shocking information. If I'm tired, I sleep more.
0: Wow. What a correlation. <laughs>
1: And as a result, as I've been learning and reading along with the nutrition, that if you're trying to lose weight, which I am and have, and have been doing, sleep is a big part of it. So nutrition, hydration, sleep, those have been outstanding. A plus, 98.5%. Nice. How about you?
0: What's Well, hang
1: on. Oh, we're, we're going to go done. there?
0: We're not done with you yet. What? what oh, uh, exercise. Sacre impro- bleu. Yeah.
1: Sacre bleu. I don't know what it is. It has been the longest drought of my life when I've been such an extraordinary exerciser.
0: Well, the grand reopening is back.
1: I, I'd love to hang it on that. I yeah, mean, well, there, there was plenty of time where there was nothing to do, and I still really wasn't. Yeah, I do some stretching. I do some yoga. I'm just I'm not doing enough cardio, so that's a halftime adjustment. Yeah, because I feel the, I feel the effects of it. Yeah, that's the yeah. biggie.
0: Yeah. How about what you've been putting in your body mentally,
1: emotionally? Oh how have you done with that That's much better My news consumption my media consumption my social media consumption is news media and the like whether it be you know TV print or, or internet that's on a as needed basis Yeah that is really just trying to be above the right at the waterline not I'm not going in depth on much it just it doesn't serve me Yeah frankly it serves a lot of people and they're they're really into a lot of stuff politically or socially or what's going on with these famous people or those famous people it's just not I just it's not me. I don't benefit from that.
0: You don't benefit from the latest royal scandal.
1: That or what, you know, this politician said to that one or, you know. Sure. My social media is way down. My screen time has to be down now with how fluid life has been work-wise. I'm on the phone work-wise a lot more than I had been, but no, that part feels pretty good.
0: Yeah, well, you're using it as a phone. You're not staring at it. No, you're talking to it. Different. No, very. I'll different go experience. into La
1: La Land on Instagram with different car feeds and my, you know, obsession with clean cars. And you know, every once in a while, I'll text Ace here and go, "I'm on, I'm on." bringatrailer.com. <laughs> I should get off this website. I might do something stupid. 10-10-10. Ten, 10-10-10. Ten, uh, ten. Ten, ten, ten. I got to go. Bam. Yeah, ex- Hang it up. Exactly. So that part, that part has felt very good.
0: That's awesome.
1: How about you, Stanley?
0: It's been an okay year for me with myself. Uh, I've done some things really, really
1: well. Okay. Are we talking like a 78, an 80, an 84?
0: Overall, I'd give myself a B minus. B minus. Like an 82. All right. Because some of the things that I've done real well is I'm now halfway through year five of not putting any alcohol in my body, which has been spectacular. That's something that I have to kind of recommit myself to every day. It's not something I can really think about as far as ever arriving. I mean, gosh, talk about graduation and, and arrival. The minute I think about never paying-I licked it. Yeah. The, the, minute, I'm done. the minute I've got this thing beat and I'm never gonna drink a drop of alcohol again for the rest of my life, it's it's got me again. So just the fact that I've stayed focused and stayed two inches in front of my nose and really treated my health intentionally with this kind of one-day-at-a-time approach, I feel really, really good about that.
1: And you should, because that is an extraordinary accomplishment. It's
0: Thank you, brother. It's, uh, it, it feels really good. With graduation weekend, with being out and about around people again, I get to be around people who are consuming enormous amounts of alcohol, and I just get to look at that with a whole bunch of gratitude that I know what that's going to feel like tomorrow morning, and I ain't going to feel that way. I'm not going to come to tomorrow morning. I'm going to wake up, and it's going to feel really, really good, and probably wake up without an alarm clock. So that that part has been really good. How about
1: a plug for your new favorite beverage, Topo Chico? Yeah. Ooh, I love me some Tapachico. I mean, we're, we're, our, our sponsorship availabilities are endless at this. Point. Are endless. Yes, and <laughs> open for submission. So I thought, you know, how do you pronounce it? Tapachico. Chico.
0: It is a beautiful sparkling water. From Monterey, Mexico in a beautiful green bottle San with San Pellegrino Monterey. It's basic, as I like to say, Pellegrino from the deep south. See. Si. Yeah. It's it's delicious. As far as what else I've been doing, okay. I feel really good about the type of food that I eat. I feel really good about the fact that I've re-engaged with some of the quote unquote exercise. Because you know I hate exercise. I have a horrific relationship with exercise. So I trick myself into doing things that I enjoy doing, which also have an exercise component to it, like playing tennis. I've gotten back into playing tennis. That feels amazing. I've been working my butt off with a tennis coach, getting out with him once a week, getting out and playing with friends a couple days a week to where I got to compete in my first USTA match recently. And what was amazing was just this feeling of, I've already won before I even stepped out on the court. And that really had nothing to do with the score. It had nothing to do with what the score would say at the end of the match. Just this feeling of getting back into tennis shape to where I have the cardio to run my butt off on a tennis court at almost 50 years old for two and a half hours. It just it felt great to do that. Then there's some stuff I'm not doing as well. Even though I'm putting better food in my body, I think I'm eating a little too much. I was very proud of the fact that in January of 2018, I had reached my all-time weight high of two hundred and forty-eight pounds. I was able to take that all the way down to two hundred and two pounds over the course of two years by doing all the right things as far as what, you know, Tim Adams showed me how to do a long time ago, which is chew my food thirty times and right. put the fork down. Yeah. Right? These simple things. What the fork? Right. And I think just some of this this COVID effect and the pandemic and the anxiety and the overwhelm. I just I'm eating faster, which means I'm eating more and albeit Relatively healthy food. I'm just I'm eating too much, and I've I've put some of the weight back on. So I'd I'd like to recommit to being much more intentional about some of those tools that Tim had taught me a long time ago about just letting my head catch up with my stomach by literally taking a bite, putting the food down, enjoying it in my mouth, chewing it thirty times, and then picking it back up and taking another bite. I'll just I'll eat I'll eat less food with that. I've also noticed that I'm drinking more. Soda.
1: There we go. That's an easy one.
0: Diet soda. <laughs> Out. Yeah. Oh, diet Coke, diet Mountain Dew. Bye. That is just something that has purely become this emotional safety thing. It when I'm feeling agitated
1: to feel good. Yeah,
0: I'm. I'm gonna go get myself a diet Coke at the Burger King drive-through because I love it in a fountain and. Yeah. And it's just—it's one of the things that—
1: Is it an I deserve or is it an I need? Is it's it more a- of an I need. It's okay. more
0: of I, I need to feel better, and that's going to make my mouth feel better, which is going to make me feel better. Okay. That, that's not so much an I deserve. I, I haven't—I've done a really good job with the I deserve part, and that's that's something when it comes to relationship with self that I feel like I've done an outstanding job with is several times—and we've talked about this on the show the last few episodes—where I've had these instances— of walking into the tennis shop, walking into the bookstore, walking into somewhere, the golf shop, and I really want that. And for a moment, I get that I deserve. But, you know, 10-10-10 goes off in my head. I've done a brilliant job of applying the 10-10-10 principle, not just to my money, but also to what I put in my body from a standpoint of spending as a way to comfort me and to deal with the anxiety, the sadness, the fear the regret, the self-pity, all those negative emotions. And by not filling my body up all the time with something, yes, I have with some diet soda and a little bit of overeating, but most of the time I have not. And I've just allowed myself the honor of feeling those feelings, which is another form of unconditional love.
1: So I'm guessing Diet Coke is not going to be one of our sponsors? Probably not. Okay. So in that case, then we can rip them. It's poison. Why not not apply 10-10-10?
0: Well, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. We're finding all sorts of ways to apply ten, 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 aren't we?
1: Ten, ten, ten on the craving. Yeah. And if it's still there in ten minutes, I mean one of the things I've not done a very good job of is my eight o'clock rule. Oh, my, my eight o'clock get out, out of the, out of the kitchen. kitchen rule. Yeah. Bad. Right? So I'm back on it the last few weeks. Out of boy. And I lost about seventeen pounds. I put three or four back on. Now, I can lose three or four pounds getting a haircut, so that's no big deal. I was going to say, uh,
0: you shave and you lose two. Yeah.
1: So getting out of the kitchen is one of my little triggers. It's one of my little, like I need an alarm, which I don't need an alarm because I've I've set it internally. Yeah. And I gotta get out of the kitchen. All right. So we got we got a few things that we've given as examples in our own lives. Absolutely. And just find find some time, find some quiet time, to go. Just start with reflecting. If you want to bring something to write down, you know, write it in, great. But just have, have moments of, of reflection. Maybe it's in your commute now that we're back in offices. Maybe it's when you're on the treadmill exercising. What, what's been working? Yeah. What I, do you want to keep doing more of in the second half?
0: When it comes to money, people, and how I treat myself.
1: Yep. And then what do we want to do different? What changes do we have to make? The greatest coaches are always the ones that make the best halftime adjustments.
0: Do you think Janet Jackson's done performing by now? I mean, well, we're close. I was going to say, this has been a wonderful little halftime. I'm glad we've had all the time with the performers out there on the 50-yard line doing their thing.
1: So use this time to do exactly what we've done on the show today, which is look look, at your look, reflect back, make some adjustments, pat yourself on the back for what's done well, and... Get ready for the second half because it's going to be awesome. Please write it down. That is the key to this exercise. Again,
0: we've said this over and over on the show. There's something physically, emotionally, energetically that happens when we take all of those thoughts in our mind and we let those thoughts run down our arm and onto the paper. Get this thing on paper. And then
1: even more so. Tell somebody about it. Tell somebody about it.
0: Have an accountability Share, partner.
1: have accountability partner share it with somebody, share this episode with them so that they can do it themselves. And now you've got an accountability buddy because that's where the rubber meets the road. It's one thing to have it up in your head, but when you've got it in somebody else's heart as well, good things are going to happen. Hey, I just
0: got a call from the field coordinators and Janet's done performing. So let's get back out to the game.
1: All right. Well, in that case, you know what we're going to say.
0: That's a wrap. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. And check out our website, yourfinancialsobriety.com. Thanks again for listening today. Here to help you find more clarity, confidence, and capability along your journey into financial sobriety. I'm Matthew Grishman. And I'm Jim Gebhardt. Be intentional with your money.
2: needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance.